This is the Ford Field Rage episode. It's going to be five hours long. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the unlucky cuck, Kevin Grack. (laughs) (laughs) And the neither physically, emotionally, or mentally present Alex Plum. Gentlemen, happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Uh, Not being physically, emotionally, or morally present is how I get through (laughs) life. It's how I cope. I like how it's morally as well. That's great. Yeah, sure. Did I say morally? I meant mentally. I don't know. But whatever. Same thing. I was I was reeling. Uh Palm, how you doing, bud? I'm great. I'm great. We're great. Everyone's great. Nothing is bad. Everything is only good. So it's great. And we sang karaoke last night. So that was a whoops. Had a lot of fun. Wait, what were your songs? What did Uh, you choose? Ain't Nothing Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Classic 80s favorite. Yeah. Uh, they would not let me do Disney. That was uh, well. It's on them. Probably a better you know? choice, but uh, very disappointing. If you take Encanto away from a man, like yeah. truly, what can they truly. expect of you? Yeah. At that point. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed no. to be um, what's it called? Uh, uh, the uh, the Little Mermaid song, "Up Where mm-hmm. They Walk" or whatever. Great song. Upward they walk. Up where they walk. Up where they something. Bum 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 bum. Oh, part of the world. That's yeah, what it's called. That's yeah, not, there we go. I was gonna say. I know it's not up where they walk. Not where, <laughs> see, and that's why they wouldn't let me sing it because apparently I don't know anything about it or what it's called. <sighs> okay. okay. What about you, Josie? What have you been up to this uh, fine Memorial Day weekend? Uh, well, I got back in late last night uh, from my folks' place, uh, so that was, uh, obviously, it was great to see them. Um, mm-hmm. Arizona was actually pretty fantastic. Um, and then today, I hung out with the kid, so. Uh, and, real- and he went with you to Arizona, right? Yes, yep, eight days. Yeah. He likes to tell everyone. He holds the fingers up and everything. Eight days Aww. with grandma and grandpa. So that's a lot. Of it was good. Of grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I have never thought about buying a pool in my entire life until I saw the way it makes bedtime so easy. Um, but uh, now we're three hours ahead, but behind. Um, so odds of a scream mid episode. I. So it's going to come from plums. Yeah. And you mean from me, right? Or you didn't mean from me. <laughs> Uh, well, if we could go back through the group messages, uh, I think Greg was literally screaming to anybody who would listen about the Ford Field game. So, uh, yeah, it, well, the intro only a little bit in in just uh, hyperbolic, uh, <laughs> just wild. slightly. It's like an exaggerated reality type situation. Sure. No, I've uh, mellowed a little bit, but I am I'm of two minds on this, but I, I do definitely come down on the one side. Let's continue. Let's go. I can't wait to uh, get into it. I have uh, opinions too. Really? All right. Are you going to slide back to your desk just in time to contribute those? Probably not. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, of course, everyone for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Oh, sorry. 
plugged the Instagram again. Don't do that. Uh, Greg, you did the outline. What do we have to talk about? What are the segments for new listeners? We seem to actually be acquiring some, weirdly. Apparently, well, sadness is, welcome. is uh, um, great for listening. Welcome. Uh, first, we go off. Uh, we go out to the Green Wall, where football always leads. And now the Green Wall is kind of off Grand River. That's going to be the big subject of conversation because the Penn State game is going to be played at Ford Field, as you almost certainly know. Then we'll uh, go off Grand River, probably not talk about much because it's a little light on content there. And then we'll take your Twitter questions, as always. Uh, kicking things off with football. There has been, and we should start with this, traction in the wide receiver room as far as, uh, as far as transfers. And it's someone that listeners of this podcast may recognize from way back in the day. Jonesy, we filled a slot from Nebraska. Am I correct? We did. Alante Cadillac Brown has uh, committed. I guess we'll still use that word. Uh, to Michigan State, my understanding is at least that uh, it, it this one took a little bit of time because they needed to get uh, the academics through, um, which is a, uh, a reminder to everyone that uh, Nebraska is the only non-AAU school in the Big Ten and is <laughs> academic garbage. But uh, the um, so Alante Brown, former MSU commit, um, I. I think there, just in case there's this inclination out there for some folks who follow recruiting a little bit closely, or maybe have heard us talk about a number of wide receiver misses that have happened, you might be inclined to think, oh, like we've, we've gotten the bottom of the barrel here. We finally landed somebody, but it wasn't our first choice. Uh, just a, a little bit of context. Alante Brown actually very early on in the transfer portal cycle made a visit to Michigan State University. That's someone that the uh, the staff was in on early and and pursued. So, you know, it, it let's, um, in, in case there's that kind of reaction. But, Greg, uh, um, can you give me some some stats, some data? Yeah, well, I want to make first a note that the commitment was in 2019, and it was to Mark D'Antonio. Um, so entirely different group. Oh, wow. Uh, the other thing that's important to note is that Nebraska fans don't seem pleased to see him go. So that is encouraging. However, uh, he only had 22 catches and 262 yards over the course of three seasons. So it's not like they saw a ton of him, but Scott Frost did say at one point that he had the fastest 40 time on the whole team. I believe that was early on though. I think that was like his freshman year. So yeah, but he, Scott Frost is a noted liar. So we really have to take that with a grain of salt. Indeed. Noted liar. Scott Frost is what it says on his business card underneath as he's handing those out at uh, coaching clinics across the country. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, if it's someone that the staff wanted and had been on for a while, uh, I guess that's encouraging. But at the same time, they were hosting other wide receivers in the meantime. So we'll assume it's because they were unclear if he could get through academics. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, sure. But Cadillac Brown, back in the green and white after all. I want to say this. I feel like it proves my earlier point that I made a week or two ago, which that's is that you're, gonna ask, yeah. you're not really a Spartan unless you come through the transfer portal. So he would have left if he'd come here the first time. And I think this is where he's going to have all of the redemption he's ever needed in his whole life. 
That's uh, as as a quick and aside, without zero, any context, uh, I just want to say I've never wished that we published our uh, our podcast on YouTube more than I do right now. Uh, <laughs> Listen, okay, and I'm gonna just uh, you know what? Yes, I may be ironing shirts while we're recording this podcast together. <laughs> Why not? I just sit there and scratch my ass anyway. You know what I mean? So like, I can might stare. Well standing. I might as well be doing something while I'm while I'm recording <laughs> this podcast. Listen. People Don't listen melt to this your podcast, headphone cord. Not for the, not for the, uh, not for the statistical insight. Not for the. They come for the witty barb. They come for the the unhinged reactions. And I can do that as well as anybody with a hot iron in my hand. So, <laughs> in fact, in fact, we're we're raising the stakes a little bit here. Really raising uh, the stakes. It gets too animated. It- <laughs> uh. All right, so look, I think um, you mentioned the, the the forty time, right, Greg? Um, yep. the, yeah, noted liar. I, this would give MSU some pretty good speed um, on the outside. Uh, if we if we want to make the assumption that Tyrell Henry is is likely getting decent reps, uh, dude is v fast. Um, and Elante Brown also very fast. That gives us some excellent speed on the outside. Elante Brown Dude. also uh, does have a build such that you can move him around a little bit and maybe do some fun things with him. Uh, so it's it's a nice pickup. Um, you know, you you might be unwowed by the stat totals, but it's still it at minimum it is good depth. Indeed, indeed. Well, and I think to that point, isn't this? Uh, I mean. I don't know. We've talked about Mel Tucker needs his recruiting class, so let's watch him develop this guy. And he's not fired Jay Johnson yet, which apparently means that he thinks that uh, his wide receivers coach or someone on the OC staff has some capacity at developing talent. Maybe this is what you get with a guy like Cadillac Brown, who's got Big Ten experience under his belt and is just looking for a better home. We've seen it happen before, and uh, hope springs eternal, right? I mean, I I actually really hope that you know uh that that's a really good call out because one of the the coaches that i feel best about their ability to develop players is actually courtney hawkins yeah uh you know i think sure. Jaden reed had a ton of natural talent but he just made him a second yeah. round pick uh yeah. you know yeah. he keon coleman look not a spartan anymore uh frankly never a spartan in my heart but the the reality is that Everyone acknowledged that he came in with a bunch of raw talent and yeah, is now had to be harnessed. Yep. Likely going to go in the second, potentially first round. Uh, uh, and that is Courtney Hawkins. Uh, so, yeah, 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 that's great. Um, so it transfers uh, sort of invites a conversation about recruiting. Um, we have no uh, commitments on that front, which is a bit of a bummer because I do think this point in time, Michigan State just needs a commitment, uh, just truly, bodies. just to get things rolling. Uh, well, the official are, visits are going to be starting, right? Yes, and that—that's what I was going to say for for folks who are feeling maybe a little impatient. Uh, MSU does have a decent percentage on on converting on official visits, um, and uh, that's that's what we're getting here over the next month. So, folks will remember you know, the, the cars and the goats, this was all this time last year. Um, which also I wanted to flag for listeners. I, I know I brought it up to you guys. Fox sports had a really great article on Mark D uh, the new 
director of player personnel, the person in charge of, of recruiting. Um, and I, I wanted to flag it for listeners because I think we and some other folks in the community, if you will, other podcasts have asked some questions about Mark uh, and specifically about gaps on his resume. I think we, we referenced. Yeah. And where he's been. Um, and so the, a few things that are, I, you know, I didn't care to pay attention enough to find out that uh, he went to Virginia tech. And so that his time at Virginia tech could very well have been a love of alma mater that he didn't play football at a meaningfully high level. And so like got into it because he loved football and he fell in love with football at Virginia tech. Um, yeah. And that the gap on his resume was a burnout. Like yeah, they sure. talked about the amount of Red Bull that he was drinking. That was sort of a theme in the, in the article. Um, in fact, was given a chance to stay on staff when the coaching change happened to Vatek and opted not to. So not to. I, we gave him a hard time. Like, you know, I don't know how much of that narrative is, is uh, what, uh, he filled in on his own gap on the resume, but it, I was sure. going to call that out. You got to be careful because yep. some of these profiles are a little rosy and, uh, you know, have a certain point of view, but at the same time, and I don't think we were that hard on him. I think we just raised a couple of questions about, uh, about the resume, given what hmm. it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good. It's always good to get those additional details and, Hmm. The the other piece from it that I I really liked was the number of people who got promoted from underneath him and his to other, you know, higher profile jobs and his willingness to work with. And because he's someone who didn't come from a conventional football background, his willingness to look at resumes that weren't just like football guys and gals like that, Hmm. you know, he was he was looking for uh, sort of. Uh, like core attributes that would translate well to what's required to do football recruiting. And so um, that was really cool to see. I mean, uh, and, you know, so hopefully it works out here, I guess is what I'd say. And remind us who he's replacing. Saeed Khalif. Saeed Khalif, that's right. Yep, 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 yeah. So, um, and and I know also, I guess, Greg, I, I think I posed this question to you, that we gave him a little bit of a hard time about um, like where Vatex recruiting was yes. in terms of where it ranked nationally. And I, and I guess I, I would pose to you and, and maybe all listeners, what do you think Virginia Tech's recruiting yeah. should be? It's a good point. Like truly what levels should Virginia Tech be recruiting? And do you think Michigan State should be better than that? Like it doesn't mean that he was bad at his job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I, I took well, a look really quick at how Virginia Tech was performing while he was there and how they were performing before and after. It seemed like maybe it ebbed a little bit better. Um, but it, it's a small so he, so he did So he made an improvement? It's possible. But there's so many factors that go into it. It's yeah. hard from a metric like that to just identify what it is. I yeah. mean, but that's not all the director of recruiting either. I mean, you've got to have a head coach that's got right context and relationships and those other pieces. So it's an important cog, but I, and I don't know the role. I mean, I don't know if this is more of a logistics role, a coordination role, or if it really is more of that direct person to person. Yeah. Person to person. And, and one of the things that they talked about in the article that him learning how to evaluate film again, not being a football person, right. Learning how to do that. And so it's, 
you know, it's, it's roster management. It's finding the right people to fit what your team wants to do. I, I don't know. I, I would, for anyone uh, who's interested, I think it's a really good article. I think the, this thing I said earlier and that Greg echoed fair to take a bunch with a grain of salt, right? Uh, it is a profile and profiles are oftentimes rosy and, and the person being profiled gets to paint their own narrative. Um, but it was, uh, his his backstory is an interesting one. So indeed. Um, Should we get? Uh, oh, Kari Crump is officially back on the team. Yeah, we missed that by like a month. So that's good to know. Everyone here knows that now. Um, and he was kind of a leader on the team of everyone involved. In fact, is there anyone that was involved in the tunnel sequence that we know for certain is no longer part of the team? Yeah, Tank Brown. Okay, Octavian. Because yeah. he pulled a gun later on. Yeah, that's so. right. Good call. Good call. Good call. Good call. And, good and call. this is where we just make that another just re- gentle reminder to all listeners of the podcast. Uh, this is what accountability looks like when your um, football players pull guns. Correct. That's, this is just one of those things that, as a school, we choose to do. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a program would we be if we, if we didn't, didn't do, do that? Yep. 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 Um, okay, so uh, last week, We talked about how the Penn State game was being moved to Black Friday. And Mike Jones, in a prophetic move, pointed out that maybe something like this would work better closer to Metro Detroit. And confirmed listener, Al, we we got to rise you a little bit, bud. Uh, You got to ask us what we mean. Yeah. Um, It's now been confirmed that the game is going to be at Ford Field rather than Spartan Stadium. Night game on NBC. Uh, MSU versus Penn State will be the only show in town, effectively, uh, at that time. And Alan Haller was on the drive with Jack Ebling this week, and he confirmed a few things. One is that it was moved to Black Friday by the Big Ten and for NBC, but the move to Ford Field was the university's decision. Uh, two, that the Big Ten and the TV network, whatever, whoever it is, will make sure that MSU is, quote, made whole by this financially. Um, so MSU will not be losing gate revenue or any other revenues overall on this. Um, for season, this will be a one-off. Uh, so Alan Haller, uh, emphasized that several times in his interview with Jack Epling, that this is not something that is going to be made a habit of. Um, in fact, to that end, it's worth calling out that college football is going to end a week earlier starting next season. Now that the college football playoff is expanding. So two, two seasons, right? I believe, I believe it's next season. I thought it was 25 for some reason. I thought it was 25. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Two years. Okay, whatever it is soon soon and we probably <laughs> wouldn't be we probably wouldn't be having a home game at the end of the year next week next year anyway as a result of this um and that tickets and parking have been refunded for season ticket holders so gentlemen i this i think a little asterisk on that the last i heard was it was unclear whether season ticket holders would be able to get a ticket at the ford field if they in wanted this, one in this interview, Alan Haller made it sound like you should there should be a system set up, which 
with my interactions at the Spartan ticket office, I don't know how this is going to work. I guess the good news is they've got months to figure it out that you should be able to get a like valued ticket at right. Ford field through the Spartan ticket office based on whatever your Spartan fund level is. Um, but again, it will, the details on that are unclear and I'm, I'm skeptical to how well a system like that is going to be handled. Sure. The but the point being is that the, the refund uh, saying just the refund is a little bit uh, incomplete of a story. You can be refunded if you will no longer go to the game because it's at Ford field. Correct. It's also an incomplete part of the story. And now we're getting into our takes on this. It's also an incomplete part of the story because I have not heard anyone confirm that seat license fees will be prorated and returned to uh, to season ticket holders. So for those that aren't aware, uh, when you get, when you have the, the <laughs> distinction of getting the honor of getting football season tickets at, at uh, Spartan Stadium, you pay the tickets and then you also are given the opportunity, depending <laughs> on where you are in the stadium, to give a seat licensing donation fee fee donation it's in you know these are the terms change depending on who you're talking to um and as far as i'm aware and that's where the real money is especially for the high value seats in spartan stadium as far as i'm aware those license fees are not being uh being refunded for what is the second most marquee game of the year and just like losing a game generally you mean by when i was team quality when you say second yes. most marquee yes by team quality yes by by prestige of opponent i should say yeah so in my time when i was paying seat licensing fees i considered it an extension of the ticket experience i for some reason i didn't really you know buy the whole <clears throat> smart and fun level that kind of stuff so the idea that that is not being yeah, describe these describe these fees. Way. Like you're making them sound like they're not obligatory, but would someone pay these because they wanted like a bonus or something? How do they work? It's if it, depending on where you are in Spartan Stadium, tickets are all the same cost all throughout Spartan Stadium. They're like 45 a game or 65 a game or something like that. The seat licensing fees is where the difference in cost comes in. So if you're in the if you're in the end zones, maybe it's only like $150 or $300 or something like that. But if you're at the 50-yard line, it's something closer to like $10,000. If you have a seat, a suite, it's something more like oh my god, $30,000. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, if you're in the Spartan Club, if I remember correctly, you have to pay three years at a time and it's like $5,000 a year. So those the the license fees are where the different graduated amounts, depending on where you are in the stadium, really comes into play. Oh, wow. So it's a little mix of money and also time that you've been. You've been in it. Yeah, you've been in it. It is. So they just mixed up the whole uh, seating arrangement thing this year. And I don't know all of the details of that. But it is very much the licensing fees determine where you sit in the state. So. So it's fair to say that the secondary, like, why would anyone take a refund at that point in time? 
you would go on the secondary market with your like value ticket. Like, Correct. Yes. No one's going to take that refund. Um, thanks for your $45 pass. Um, Cause I would chance that on the secondary market. If you, if you've got a licensing fee that's sufficiently hot, <coughs> high that you have desirable t- tickets. Right. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point. So uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Uh, I have had conversations with people that have kind of brought me down on this, but I'm bothered in two ways on this. One, it's that this change in venue hurts most the diehard fans. The people that are paying these licensing fees that are going every week that are buying season tickets, this change on average, I think, does not benefit those folks. They were planning to be at that game and Spartan Stadium. They live wherever it is that they live. And now things have changed. They've shifted in some way. Um, And they're not being made whole on the seat licensing fees. So that bothers me. The second thing, and maybe the thing that hurts the most personally, is the prestige issue. This giving up a home football game against the second highest value opponent is not something that football teams do as a rule. And it's, to me, a little embarrassing that we're choosing to do it. Other teams would not make such a choice, generally, as a rule. Yeah, there's another team that plays that weekend, too. I think they they call it the the game or a game or something like that. doesn't matter. Uh, And game, I think. Mm -hmm. They they wouldn't put that at Ford Field. No. (laughs) Or at, you know, the Browns stadium or you know play it somewhere in between no no they would not um the, I, can i just also throw in a little little wrinkle on that too greg the the other component of this in addition to hurting the diehards i mean you hope maybe that you pick up casuals like that's as i talked that's about that's who it last, benefits the most are are the but, casuals yes but the complicating factor in all of this and it, it sort of goes back to the, the reason it, it benefits a casual fan is be precisely the reason I talked about last week of it making more sense in Southeast Michigan is yeah. because it's a higher density population space and you have more folks who probably might be alums who would be like, Oh, I would totally go to a game uh, yeah. on, on Friday. But the, 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 it's a holiday weekend. And yeah. so in all of that is you also have people who make plans like, and I know we're a ways away from Thanksgiving, but but for some people, this may have bumped into or altered what they had hoped or aspired to do for their holiday weekend. Correct. Um, and if you're a casual fan, so I spoke to two former MSU season ticket holders. They both have kids now. That's part of why they don't have season tickets anymore. They both expressed interest in this game. Right now, they go to one game a year, uh, and they think maybe this will be the one. Now, when I was talking to them, this all sounded fair, but it occurred to me after the fact that if you only go to one game a year, you're not a season ticket holder anymore, and MSU is pretty mediocre, what are the chances that once 
the holiday weekend comes along and you've got in-laws that you've got to go to, maybe you're hosting Thanksgiving, the team's not very good, you're already paying a cable package to see it for a sunk cost there. What's the likelihood that a large percentage of those people in that position in the Metro Detroit area are going to decide, you know what, let's still, Friday, let's still go down to Ford Field and watch a game anyway. It and seems get to ravaged me, by the concession stands. Correct. It seems to me that the Fairweather fan for whom this benefits are exactly the ones least likely to go to a game like this if the team is not performing very well, especially on a weekend like that. Now, I could be wrong about that. Maybe when this yeah. comes along in several months, it's packed to the house in to the to the ceiling in green and white, and I'm wrong. But I'm suggesting perhaps the people that this benefits the most aren't going to go to a game like this anyway. Well, I think so. I have a couple of points on this. I, I think, and I think you just named it. The people who this impacts the most are, in fact, probably the student athletes, and I haven't heard their perspective yet. Kind of opined on, and that that mm. so that's kind of one direction I want to go in. But I, I wanted to just take your earlier points because I think that it's not – I mean, I think it works both ways. The number of folks who, if the season's shitty and it's a holiday weekend, are not driving their ass to East Lansing either for this game, especially if they're season ticket holders or not. So I, the argue, for me, that argument cuts both ways. I, and I think it's a Friday night. It is the holiday. You've got off four days. If you were available Saturday, you're available Friday. You know now you can make the plan. I That, for me, those are not – convincing or compelling arguments to the contrary. But I had a really interesting conversation last night with a buddy of mine named Danny, big Michigan state fan, um, lived and worked in East Lansing for a long time. So if he's listening, Danny credit to you on this one. Um, and he, you know, he reminded me he's friends with a couple, um, former Michigan state football players who talked about, um, I think this happened once before, but in Pennsylvania and they played wherever, I don't know if they played where Pittsburgh plays. Yeah, maybe it was the Steelers where they play. Yeah, if you play Pitt, if you play Pitt on the road. Maybe that's what it was. And and I can't remember now. And this this would have been in the early 2000s, I guess. And he said, you know, from those players' perspective, you know, when they knew that they were going to be playing in that stadium, they circled that game day, you know, and that the whole team was really dialed in on this, this game, this opportunity to play in an NFL stadium was a big deal for them. It was very meaningful. Now, I don't know if that's because it's, if and we're going to just go with Pittsburgh. I don't know if I can't remember now if that's where it was. That's because, you know, the Steelers then were just markedly better. Not that, not that Detroit has gotten any really significantly better since the early two thousands, but you know, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if, if Detroit has any real panache to it or not, but I think there could be something to be said for what players think in all of this. Yeah, uh, we've already talked about other podcasts. J.U. Kulkrick hosts a podcast, and he said something similar this week. He had a similar idea that that was a very important game to them and the team as a result of that. There's another side of all of this. It's the Penn State side. All of the reports about this that I saw were that good old MSU and Penn State are really taking one for the team for the Big Ten right now. I don't know what Penn State's giving up at all. They get to move indoors. They get to move closer to campus. And now I guess they, they get a they get featured in fertile recruiting 
area that uh, that they like to that Franklin comes out to often. Um, and I guess their players also get to circle that if it works for JU going out to uh, Pittsburgh, it works for Penn State players coming to Ford Field. So it bothers me a little bit that from a competitive angle, I don't see how this benefits MSU one bit. Um, but, but I it, guess my, but I guess it, it, does it hurt? I mean, I guess that's my point. And I, you've named all the hurts to like fans and season ticket holders. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about them. And maybe that's cause I'm not one and I'm not invested to the level that they are. And I think if this were a recurring thing, then you could have issues with boosters, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be a concern for us. I mean, I, I am more interested strategically in the play that Alan Heller is making here. Why yeah. do this? Why say yes to this? What do we get out of it? There has to be something we don't see. And that I'm, I am legitimately interested in because the harms that we've named so far, I, I don't, I, I don't see them affecting us from a football perspective. And that really should be probably the first level of analysis, right? You don't see them impacting us from a football. Uh, perspective? Why? Because why? Because Kirk Franklin's going to do a better job recruiting out of Detroit than Mel can. Mel hasn't proved that he can recruit out of a fucking paper bag yet. So I, I don't, I mean, and, and then because they, because we've, I mean, cause we're not at home. Okay. Well, we're going to be ass fucked anyway this season. So I don't know what's the home field advantage we're losing. Oh, because their players want to play. Because Pennsylvania isn't that much warmer in November. Like I don't. No, I just want no one to be able to play well. No one playing well is to our best. (laughs) Well, correct. This is definitely true. Uh, MSU. This is a bit of a meme online. MSU plays really well in inclement weather games, and I would love to have another one set up because my view. is it benefits us to be in East Lansing. It benefits us to be at home. It benefits us to be comfortable in our own place. And in a close game, that can make all the difference against a what is almost certainly a more talented Penn State game. Well, I like to think, and I'm going to choose to believe that this is why he did this, because we were all at a certain home game last year where home field advantage made no fucking difference for this program (laughs) against one of the objectively worst programs, not just in the Big Ten, but in the world. And the fact that we were fisted by Minnesota at home in front of women and children is in its own indignity. And I think Alan was like, you guys don't deserve this. You don't deserve this. You've proved that home field advantage means nothing to you. Absolute boobs. And so good for them and good for him. All right, Jonesy, you've heard both sides. Where are you landing on this? And it turns out the dude that lives in East Lansing would like the game here. Turns out the dude that lives in Detroit isn't bothered by it being played. Not bothered one (laughs) bit. So, Jonesy, bring a coastal elite view to this. Uh, I I have... um, I I don't hate the idea of, of an event for Thanksgiving weekend. I don't hate yeah. that. Um, it'd be nice if the schedule wasn't otherwise shit. Uh, it would be nice if it didn't feel like we weren't taking one for the team. Like it, cause if it, cause the, the challenge is that MSU basketball does this stuff all the time and we don't complain about it because there's a bajillion games Correct. that, you know, when, and, and when Rutgers says very specifically, we it was part of the calculus taking one for the team and doing a solid for the big 10 was part of. Yeah. So, but like, what are you getting for that? Like it, it not, it shouldn't be just recouping gate revenues. It ought to be more than that. Um, and so 
the you know when Rutgers threw their fit about having to play a home game in MSG, like we all made fun of them, and I feel more that way because the the number of games that matter in basketball is few is is lower or I'm sorry is greater. No, no, sorry. Losing a game at home is of lesser consequence in basketball than it is at correct. Football. There are in like fact the home road thing doesn't even matter in football because it just you just took an L and that's the end of your season right in terms of your your aspirations for a playoff so giving up any bit of advantage and taking one for the team with no discernible benefit doesn't make any sense football has inherently set itself up to always be selfish that's why we see coaches unwilling to reveal jack diddley about injuries right like there's it's always scratching for that competitive advantage Greg, your point is not wrong. Like, there's none here. There, we've given yes. away any competitive advantage we might have. I it's don't think, though... that that place will be rowdy on Black Friday, with filled with green and white Spartan fans. It's possible. Yeah, but I, I also don't... Like, I, I, I don't debate Plum's point either, though. That there is... Potentially, this, this makes the game mildly more accessible to folks than it might have otherwise. I mean, we'll see what the the cost of a ticket is, but like it, it might make more folks be able to see a game that wouldn't have otherwise. Um, you're occupying a solo spot on TV. And if you're a national recruiting program, which Mel Tucker is aspiring to be, then, then why wouldn't you want the national uninterrupted spotlight unless they're going to mm-hmm. stream it exclusively on Peacock, in which case uh, I will go down the Literally. road to downtown Murder. Philadelphia and I will bomb both the Comcast towers. Um, <laughs> And then I'll find where those yokels live and I'll murder the entire family. But uh, yeah, I like I, you know, I hate to both sides it, but it it is. I'm I'm dis. If if Alan Haller had done this as. If Alan, if it felt like Alan Haller was doing this in a Mark Hollis esque sort of we're we're making a big play to make MSU make a splash. That might be interesting. We might still have the same reaction because what are you doing, dude? You had like no valuable home games, but at least you'd feel like he was trying to do a thing. Here, it seems like he got cucked and we're all wondering, how can we spin this to be positive? Some fans will enjoy this. And, and I don't begr- like I, I think that's a totally valid feeling. Some yes. diehards will enjoy this. And that's a totally valid feeling. But if you're yep. coming from the west side of the state on Thanksgiving weekend, you made people's lives a lot harder. Because right. it's not just people like me who would come in for a longer weekend. There are people who make the day-long Thanksgiving plans who travel in the state. And you've interrupted that. So, so this is bridging into the next part. And the, the other part that's interesting about this whole thing to me is this happened for TV. You know, the move to Black Friday was for TV. We kind of discussed that last week, and now we're securing that night game. We've taken, again, a game off campus, which is kind of like what makes college football interesting in a lot of ways. Um, It's what appeals to me. I would have been at this game if it was here. I'm not sure I'll be at it when it's at Ford Field. Um, We've kind of... This is just another example of kind of mortgaging the heart of college football, I think, for TV revenues. Is that fair to say? It seems 
like this is an, uh, a decision driven at the core of it entirely by TV. Yeah, I think though that the interesting there, there's a component though here at play, which is to say that TV has improved in such a way. And the game has changed in such a way. So what I mean by that is like TV looks much prettier than it used to, right? We've got bigger screens. We've got higher definition. We've got multiple camera angles. Like TV can provide something that an in-game experience cannot. Also, we've changed the game in that uh, video review is a larger component of the game than it ever used to be. And so we've also changed at, the game and that it lasts about an hour and a half well, longer than it used to. I was going to get there. I was going to get there. So so being at home and being able to watch on TV and participate in the uh, TV, re- you know, the video review is something that you miss out on in stadium. And then additionally to all of this is TV has made being in stadium nearly insufferable by the number of commercials that they've packed in mm-hmm. and you compound that with inclement weather or cold weather and why would you want to be there like i i I know we would but we're weird like even on the spectrum of people who care i think you can have people who really love michigan state and watch every single game who would rationally say no i'm not getting a ticket to that game because tv has set up an insufferable product in stadium and a better product at home and I why do wouldn't have to say though, it's the last time Penn State was in Spartan Stadium at the end of the season was a fantastic game in one of my favorite games of the last like five years to be at. And I wasn't the only one there. We're making it sound like there's like 10 guys that show up at this thing and they're in their Hunter, you know, orange fatigue or whatever. Like there were there were like 50 ish thousand people at this thing, which is not that much less than the max capacity of Ford Field, by the way. So, yeah, but Kevin, who, tell me, tell me about that team. It was a good team. So that's that's part of it. That that's. I mean, that was the K nine team, like that. You know, yeah. that, that Jaden Reed and him doing snow angels on the field. Like, of course, you know, I. I but and I'm saying, maybe I. One of the points that I was making earlier is if it's a bad team. Are the fair weather fans that are more likely to go to this game going to take time out of their holiday weekend to go to it? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I guess if, if I still had family living in Southeast Michigan, I might be more inclined to go to Ford Field than I would be to go to East Lansing. But that'd be, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, it, maybe it's just being indoors that would make it more palatable. Um, all right. Either way, maybe maybe this is the year to do this, though. Maybe when you have a trash team is the year to to take one for the Big Ten. Could be. But is it taking one for the Big Ten if the Big Ten knows you suck ass and just expect you to roll over, which maybe Alan Haller has done? I feel like I'm coming around on this not because of the persuasiveness of any of your arguments, but because I'm failing to understand on any level what the strategic what competitive yeah. advantage we get from this is. That's that's what I led with when you walked away was like, I don't get. No, no, no. Like, I heard you. I mean, I, I, I know. I mean, I, 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 it's just not it's still not resolved. I thought maybe we I would be able to just suss out like there was some. That's the mystery of it, right? Is like, that's what's annoying about it. That's what makes me pissed about it. Yeah. The competitive advantage is it better be a better environment than it would have been here. That's well, it. that's impossible. That that's that's impossible. 
I don't believe that can happen. I don't think you can get a better environment than a home than your home. And I don't know why Alan Heller, if he's saying they're going to make it right for us or that they took it for the team, like, what does that mean? Does that mean that in two years, we don't have to do something like this? Like, were we given that promise that we don't have? Like, what? Right. So be transparent, Alan, listener, friend. Just tell (laughs) us what you mean by that. Because otherwise it looks like you just pulled your pants down. He said that it... Doing this for the Big Ten was definitely part of the calculus, but he and he said that the Big Ten will make MSU whole financially for this game, no matter what. But he did not tell us any type of benefit that we may get in this in the long term for the from the league. Now, maybe it's something you can't say on the radio. You can't say like, oh, you know, I get a bat phone. (laughs) I get one where uh, in. Three years when we're refactoring everything, I get to decide what pod we're in or something like that. Maybe he thinks that this is a card that he can keep in his back pocket. The thing is, you lose your leverage once this game is over. Like now we took one on the chin. There's no leverage anymore. It's a, I I hope they remember that we were good partners in the long run. And I... One, it's embarrassing that MSU is in the position where they have to do that. It's a Rutgers type of position to be in. And two, <laughs> I, I don't know truly how much they care once they get what they want. Yeah, and so it must have been, a, like, like, again, if, if this was NBC saying, hey, we're going to do a Black Friday game from now on, who's up? And we're like, all right, we'll go first. We'll do it. Yep. No big deal, right? But like, we're not doing it until it, another seven years have passed, and every or shit at that point in time, eight years have passed, right? Because every other team has done it by now. Then, okay, like I, cool, Alan, I'm on board, right? But this just feels like we could end up getting screwed again. That this could be this could be successful. Like, isn't that the worst case scenario is that this is successful? I mean, he said in this interview, and I haven't said that, um, brought this up, but he said explicitly that any future uh, college football playoff home games will be at Spartan Stadium. He said that unequivocally, which is something that I mean, any college, any college football games, any college football playoff home football games will be oh, a playoff stadium. okay yeah because oh, oh, I see, eventually I see, I see. certain seeds are going to be the seeds that don't get a first round by will be hosting the first round yeah, on yeah, campus. Yeah. i just didn't know if and i guess and if we're moving the the schedule up then black friday will never be a thing again Correct. so yeah alan what were that. you getting out of this i like it's got to be something else something somewhere else or it's nothing but it's not clear what it is we've talked about cool. this for a while yeah, I just I, I want to say because this idea that we're being I, I don't I'm uncomfortable with this idea that like, you know, Michigan and Ohio State aren't being asked to make this move and this is just us and we're getting somehow penalized for it or and I think you made great points and I still don't understand what but Alan had but I, it may just be enough for me to know that we're a program that can do this and is willing to do this that we don't need our egos. Like we're not a Michigan, we're not an Ohio State for whom this would never even be an option for whom the Big Ten would never even go to ask or say, hey, 
would you be willing to consider X, Y, or Z? Because they just know the answer is a flat no, because their egos are so thin. And and maybe there's something to be said for that. Maybe that's a nice thing. Maybe that's something we should be happy for. And maybe that's Pollyanna-ish. I don't know. But I'm trying to find something to not make myself be resentful of that fact. And yeah, I don't know. I like well, I that. think we kind of do this stuff a lot. Like during the COVID years, we'd kind of bend over backwards to help other teams reschedule their games against us, even to our detriment. Like we're we're good partners of the Big Ten every time they pick up the phone, basically. Spartans will. Spartans will say yes. Um the all right. Uh speaking of, I guess, other things, let's let's talk basketball for a second, very briefly. Um just a, a reminder, folks, circle your calendars. Moneyball season's coming up. Uh, I think AJ Hogard and Tyson Walker were promoting Moneyball recently. Um, and then uh, the, I think Is the Cohen bigger Carr news... Is going to be there? Are we going to see Cohen Card dunks? Oh, yeah. One-handed? Honestly, I may come out just for that. Uh, yeah. I would totally go to Moneyball to see Cohen Card dunk. Um the other thing is Gavit Games. Uh, the the famous Gavit Games of of Tom Gavit, the man that we all know and love and remember fondly the way that he You're so stupid. Liked basketball. Uh, <laughs> have been announced. <laughs> These Dumb. are likely the last of the uh, Tom Gavit games. Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, Greg Gavit, we are going to miss you, my friend. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? Dick I just, Dickie G. <laughs> Bill Gavitt. It's sort of. It feels like uh, Ralph Gavitt. There's a whole bit. It, like it feels like Anne from Arrested Development. Her. Her. Man egg. Egg. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we get we get scheduled with Butler. I'm a little annoyed that this has happened because, uh, of course, Pierre Brooks has transferred to Butler. Um, and I don't like these things. I don't. I don't care for it. I. I, I didn't think it was fair to uh, Foster. Yeah. Was Davidson. Um. And I refuse to believe that that this wasn't just a little bit deliberate. So, I don't know. That's all I had to say about it. Well, it absolutely was deliberate. Hundred percent was deliberate. That 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 doesn't just happen. Um. And I'm 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 excited for it. Pierre Brooks was not good. Very bad and not good. And so I can't wait to see him still being very bad and not good. And that makes me happy. Uh, Greg, baseball was also played. Do you want to give an update? Yeah, they're out. Uh, they lost a couple games, but they did one. They did win one. I think it was against Rutgers. So they out. Uh, double elim- elimination. Um, so for a team that hadn't been there in years, uh, congratulations. You were there for a little bit. Um, I got to think though, maybe it's time to make a change in the, over at the old McLean baseball stadium because man, it's bleak. So good for them. I'm happy for the student athletes got to experience the big 10 basketball or baseball tournament, but the the results are just not there. Plum, anything that you want to say about the baseball team before we move on? Um, I didn't know that. What was the name of it? The stadium? 
McLean Baseball McLean Stadium. McLean Baseball Stadium next to Sekia Field, right? Where the uh, soccer team plays. Um, uh, well, I mean, you know, I would say before you start calling for the head of the coach, remember, they play 40% of their games completely underwater. They have to wear fins. <laughs> so don't forget that makes it harder to win games. And I don't uh, think we give true. them enough credit. We don't give them enough credit for playing aquatic baseball. Aquatic baseball. Uh, no, I think that's right. I mean, I think uh, maybe Alan Haller made this deal with NBC uh, because they had uh, they said, hey, listen, we will fire your baseball coach for you. you it's uh, an uncomfortable conversation. Yep. You don't want to have it. We'll have it. We'll have it. We'll you know it. how Jake Boss intimidates you, like Greg's <laughs> wife's boyfriend intimidates him. So <laughs> I would, I, you know what, Alan? I get it now. I yep. would do the same thing. There it I is. I understand. There it is. Well, I I'm understand. glad that we cleared that up. Before we go to Twitter questions, uh, Plum, before we hit record on this episode, you were telling us that you took a bottle of tequila to a uh, Memorial Day party yesterday, and it was a big hit. Is that huge, correct? Huge hit. Huge hit. Uh, the single estate tequila ocho. The, I believe it is the plata, plata, plata blanco silver. Anyway, plata blanco silver. Uh, reposado tequila. Fantastic. Huge party favorite. We had the uh, neighborhood Sunday night, uh, end of May, mezcal tequila taco party. Apparently, this is a classic in this neighborhood, and uh, we brought the um, we brought the uh, the plata single estate. So, I don't know; they're a great brand, um, made in Mexico. So it's not even just that you brought it, and it was the only tequila sitting there, and people got many tequilas. Folks it was were up against it. other tequilas, and folks were really folks have been preferring the smoky mezcal. So the fact that they were going. For this tequila, very smooth, very inoffensive, and I guess maybe this is tequila's advantage over mezcal, right? If you're drinking mezcal, you know what you're getting. It's already yeah. that much, you know, smokier taste. And by comparison, this was very, very smooth. So highly appreciated um, from our friend of the pod, Mike Jones, who supplies this in gross quantities. Uh, the neighborhood here in Detroit says, "Gracias." Uh, very okay. good. That's probably better. Yeah. Should we go to Twitter uh, questions, gentlemen? Yeah. And I have an announcement for you two that the oh. Twitter question competition we did say starts next episode. Whoa. So, that is an update. That, that is we good all, We all said June. So. <laughs> we did say it. We did, but we didn't talk about the judging or the scoring or any of the other particulars. Well, judging isn't new. There's judging every week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, the scoring always gets updated live and in the moment. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a who's line type situation. So, uh, the points are made up and, you know, nothing matters. Uh, first up from Nate C, number one, will there be a lasting impact if Coach Tucker is a bust? <laughs> Lasting. I don't know. What is John L's lasting impact other than the trauma that I live with every single day? It's <laughs> a fair that's a fair question. I suppose that is a yes then, Nate C. <laughs> there will be a lasting impact. Uh 
on a whole generation of Spartans. Uh, um, it does seem like it's hard when there's a bad coach. It does yeah. seem like it's tough to pull out of it. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen, though, if Coach Tucker will be a good coach, a mediocre coach, or a bad coach. Mediocre coach is fine. You can move on. But bad mm-hmm. coach yeah. is a problem. And I don't think he's going to be a bad coach. I don't think we've seen much of anything that indicates maybe in-game coaching (laughs) maybe indicates that. But from like process, from recruiting, from fit. Standards. Yeah. Standards as it relates to like what he expects out of student athletes on and off the field. Mm -hmm. John L was a disaster in a number of different ways. Uh, And I, I don't think we're seeing that. So far, and Bobby Williams predated him, who was also a disaster. A disaster. Um, number two from Nate C. Plum. I got a Ford Maverick, so now I'm both a Jeep guy and a truck guy. Basically, the best combo a guy can be. Are there any fellow truck guys on the pod? Didn't we Uh, say that uh, Bert Bielema was a Jeep truck guy? (laughs) So I don't know that that's the company you want to keep. Well, and I have to say, I misread this at first. When I first read this question, I was very concerned, Nate, that you were implying uh, the Jeep that, was gone. That well, that the Jeep was gone, or that like somehow the Ford Maverick was the equivalent of a combo Jeep truck, like a like a Jeep Renegade, which of course is its own horrible, unforgivable thing. Uh, but you're not saying that. You're just celebrating the fact that you are a now a Ford Maverick owner, which. Listen, you should be proud. You drive a Ford. I think that's what Ford wants. People to be proud that they drive their vehicles. Weird. Anyway, uh, no. No truck guys on this pod. In fact, I'm I'm very much an anti-truck guy, to be honest with you. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise anyone, Kevin. The Ford Maverick has been intriguing to me. If I was going to get a truck, it would be a Ford Maverick. I could just imagine you putting putting some mulch back there. You know, carving yeah. it around. You know, yeah. My uh, year, my dad's you bring trying to convince me back. to get the uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe, not Santa Fe, uh, Santa Cruz, which is okay. the El Camino looking thing. Um, oh yeah, you should do think that. about it. Yeah, think about that. it. That would be more interesting than a F one fifty. That's for sure. I well, will give you credit, Nancy, for not getting the massive truck for just getting the really big truck. Yeah. So. Well, the, no, the Maverick isn't that big. The Maverick is almost like a, it's I, like I think a, the Maverick is now what used to be a really big truck. And now trucks have just gotten so comically large that we've thrown off all concept for size of trucks. I'm sorry. Plum. Maybe you're right. No, maybe you're right. I don't know. I mean, it, it, the Maverick seems to be like what a, a bigger S10 is. I, I just I wanted to point out to listeners, though, that that they shouldn't take very seriously what you have to say on cars. Uh, for folks who don't know, Kevin drives a BMW Isetta. Uh, which is the vehicle popularized by Steve Urkel on the show Family Matters. That's the three-wheeled car with the door that opens from the front. That's true. So. That is my drive. <laughs> All right, and finally, <laughs> Nate C., uh, who didn't get a Isetta, unfortunately. I'm working on him, though. Uh, this summer uh, and fall, I plan on catching up a lot on a lot of great video games that have come out over the last year. I think this will be decent distraction through football season. What are you going to do? Baby, I'm going down with the ship. I'm watching every one of these football games and I'm talking about it. 
here on the pod. And you're going to listen, Nate. Yes. And yeah. you're going to like yes. listening from your boat, wherever you are on the planet, by yourself, oh, surrounded by, by your lonesome. <laughs> uh, are there that many great video games that have come out in the last year? Tears of the Kingdom, fantastic. The new God of War, really good. Seems like the rest are just garbage, though. I know nothing about this uh, question. Yeah. Couldn't even begin to evaluate it. Wrong crowd. (laughs) Jonesy's like, hey, none of these things are Tetris 64 or whatever it was you had in your dorm. What was it that you played in the dorm? uh, We, it's not like you weren't there, too. Um, (laughs) We did play a lot of Tetris 64 to the point that I would fall asleep and I could see the Tetris cubes. The blocks moving. Yeah. Um, no, I'm currently building my own uh, Ford Maverick right now. So mm. get a little distracted. <laughs> and you get plum junk for for his Ironing? Uh, pressing of the shirts. Meanwhile, you're specking out a Ford Maverick. I think Nate C should get a little piece from Ford Motor Company if indeed you do transact on this. Uh, Mamopoly asks, uh, numero uno, it seems that Coach Tucker does well, popularity-wise, with at least one breakthrough player that will score points and or save points from being scored. Who has a shot at the esteemed notoriety for the start of the season? Let's not pretend it will last. I do not understand what she's saying here. Is she saying that she has that he has favorites? Is she saying that players like to heap praise on him? What is she saying? This seems um, more like a tuck, uh, like an Izzo thing. Let's not pretend that it will last. I don't know what this means. Uh, Let's rephrase this. Who's going to be the the breakthrough player this year, Jonesy? Um. I'm I'm going uh, Nathan Carter. Great running back. There you go. There we go. Uh, next up from uh, Mamapaleaf, uh, she says this. This is not me putting this in here. Numero two. Oh boy. Coach Izzo seems to do well idolization wise when the entire team is clicking and on fire. That does t- seem to be when coaches are doing well. Uh, will his past somewhat tired and true mentoring formula work for next season's players, or will he need to get advice from some younger sources and motivation on motivation and team bonding? Uh, no. No, this is yes. going to be one of yes, and- like the Izzoiest teams of all time. Like these guys have been with him forever, and he's and got some he's really young, good young talent. Izzo class. He's uh, running it back with the same team, yeah, <laughs> minus Joey Hauser, and adding the number three or four recruiting class in the country. Presumably, we still don't know that Akins is coming back. Maybe he goes pro, even though he's not invited to the combine. Um, yeah, I this this is going to be like a quintessential MSU basketball year. Uh, and finally, from Mamopoleaf, this is the last question. Thank you. Are birds dinosaurs? If so, which is your favorite? Uh, I think uh, 
birds are evolved from dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what people say. Say that. Um, which is your favorite bird or dinosaur? I'm not sure which is the question here. It's got to be the pterodactyl. Why can't it be both? Yeah. The uh, dino I bird. would say that what is your favorite dinosaur is definitely the more interesting question. So, Jonesy, you nuggets. read a lot of dinosaur books. What? Dino nuggets. Dino nuggets. Dino nuggets. Favorite. God help us. I dated They're somebody amazing. who only ate those as an adult. What what year was this? How long ago was this? The too, Dino Nugget. Too dude. recent for it to have been okay. <laughs> I do think I know about this. And yeah. Did you guys Holy go to restaurants together and he was like, How are your dino no, no, nuggets? No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Did he bring his God. own dino nuggets and say he brought, his, he brought his own? Yeah, he brought his own. And and as What's well your he corking should. fee for dino nuggets? <laughs> your fryer fee. Oh boy. And to borrow a joke from Jim Gaffigan, how dirty is your microwave? Is it dirty enough for dino nuggets? <laughs> a sweet person. Very sweet yes. person, but uh, yeah. Troubled. Um, next up from MSU Dude, uh, favorite items to grill. I'm going to hand this to Mike Jones, and I'm just going to walk away. Yeah, walk all the way away. Um, for a while. Well, if we're talking grilling, like just straight grilling, um, so relatively speaking, direct heat situation you know propane or like charcoal it's then so much worse than honestly it could be. it's just brats or spicy sausages like it's that mm. simple you want to talk to me about smoking that we can have a conversation next week about smoking things but if we're just okay. like grilling brats and sausages they're great okay there we go next up from the tyrone couch ah, alante steak. brown Oh, yes. Steak oh, wow. Also good. Okay. Wow. But isn't steak technically better on cast iron in the oven? Like uh, you reverse sear it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you put it in there, do low and slow till it hits a certain temp. And then you throw it on a grill at 700 degrees and fire that baby for the last 30 seconds per side. Hmm. Oh. Get a nice sear mark on there. Uh, next up from uh, the Tyrone Couch, number one, Alante Bar- Brown. How fast is he? Not scientifically with boring stats, but in a way less than a way us plebes can understand. I once qualified for the Junior Olympics and was offered an OVC scholarship. Today, I'm the Uncle Rico of running. I'm ashamed of what I've become <laughs> in my 40s. <laughs> the Uncle Rico. So, so Plum, that. put this, uh, put Alante uh, Cadillac Brown's speed in uh, in unscientific terms for us. Uh, faster than a BMW Isetta, but still slower than a Ford Maverick. Is that? I, I like how in all of this we're leaving Cadillacs out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that still a brand? Uh, Who cares? I think. Uh, I think so. so many GM brands seem to. Died. Uh, all right. They were headquartered no. in New York for Listen. all of two years before they were brought back. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that it was a bad, bad decision. God, what GM would do to try to elevate a brand is just always going to be the wrong thing. Um, Tyrone, we Rock can't really tell you because, again, noted liar Scott Frost is the one who told us he was fast. So we'll never really know the answer to your question. Next up from Tyrone, uh, each eyelash will last about 150 days. The rate of them committing a personal foul is still less than you MFing, no MFing who in one game. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like how much vitriol he has <laughs> for Horst. For Horst. And it's, the thing is, is it's it? like, it's just a little dramatic, but it's not misplaced, which makes it so well, yeah. well yes. executed. Yeah. Well executed. Do you yeah. think you felt this way before you introduced hating someone as much as you hate Max Christie into the universe? <laughs> he was like, I bet this I is can me. do this for Horst. I can do this well. Yep. <laughs> and he is doing it well. And I commend him for it. And finally, from Tyrone, rant of the week. Delta has changed my flight seven times. We paid extra to have enough afternoon to have an afternoon flight. Now it's the same 6 a.m. flight that we could have booked and saved $800 months ago. Shame oh. on me for trusting them and shame on them for being the Bob Evans of the sky. Because <laughs> Bob Evans, you. <laughs> oh my Tyrone God. Tyrone is someone who, I'm Plum, I know, I, I'm going to let you get to Delta, I but as someone who just right. flew American. I assure you, Delta is not the Bob Evans of the sky. <laughs> What's under Bob Evans? Yeah, I don't know. Is it Ryan's Steakhouse? Um, <laughs> let's let's say this. Oh, Tyrone, you really got to slide in my DMs, dude. Okay? I can help you out on the Delta thing. And uh, just let me. It's the one thing I really are good at is is resolving people's Delta woes for them. Uh, but I will say this, I will give this Delta plug. They got the points guy. He's this dude that has a blog and gives advice around credit cards and upgrades and shit like that. Like fifth year in a row, Delta's number one, top 10 list of best airlines in the U S and North America or something. So something to be said on time performance benefits generally don't fuck you up as bad as, you know, what you've come to expect from any of the others on the, uh, why isn't Delta a sponsor of ours? <laughs> why isn't everybody a sponsor anyway mm -hmm. uh on the flight american had some some card deal that was expiring i think it was fifty thousand miles or something like that that expired on june 1st and yeah. i don't know that i've seen anything sadder than the flight attendants walking around with with credit card applications asking person to person yeah and then and then the the at the end, a number of you, we want to thank a number of you for filling out your applications. We, I think we can find a few more for anybody who's interested. Like It was just so sad. sad. The only thing yeah. sadder is when I went to the dentist and I heard next door them pitching somebody on a credit plan uh, to get routine dental care. That was worse. But this was yuck. Anyway. Next up from Mr. Erotic Pants, is the football program still improving in spite of the demoralizing decommitment? Did you skip Dan Hellpepper entirely? I appear to have, but we'll come back to you, Dan. Uh, it's still a well-funded, well-resourced national program, isn't it? Jonesy. Yeah, I mean, yes. It, I, and this kind of circles back to the question about, um, Nate C's first question about Ken Tucker, how, how, how much pain could he theoretically impact? And we saw two total dud coaches, like worse than dud coaches. They weren't duds. They were actively bad coaches. Coach this university after Nick Saban and Mark D'Antonio came in and turned it around. Like it, it's MSU is a sufficient size with sufficient donors, sufficient brand, um, an elite level mascot and well-resourced that. Yeah, this sucks, but like, it's fine. We're, we're, we're a good school. We will never not be a good school. 
Great. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think MSU should be winning at least nine games probably every season, maybe 10. So that's, and that's the, yeah, that's the frustrating piece of this, right? Like, yep. that, that is, we, that should be our level. We yep. didn't put this in any of the outlines or anything, but Joel Klatt on his radio show, um, who's about as mediocre as one can be, uh, theorized that it will get to the point where, uh, where conferences start dropping teams. And uh, I don't buy his argument, but also like, you don't even have to worry about that if you're an MSU fan. You're a half at the half table. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, next sorry, up. Because the Big Ten ask, the NBC ask. Yeah. That doesn't happen for Northwestern. Like, it, we're pissed about it, but Northwestern doesn't get asked to do that. Like, I don't even know that Nebraska gets asked to do that at this point in time. Like, yeah. Minnesota, right? Like, we're pissed about it, but it's because we're a have. So, sorry. Nope. Next up from Mr. Erotic Pants, Grooch, would you like to say more about being a cuck? I, I would, but my wife's boyfriend asked her to talk to me about not bringing it up on the podcast anymore. He'll yell at me again. So, um, yeah. Uh, moving on. Next up, finally from Mr. Erotic Pants, uh, which would you prefer? 50-yard line tickets to MSU versus Ohio State or two hours of Transcendental Sexual Congress. Kevin, what would you prefer? I'll take those 50-yard line tickets for <laughs> versus MSU. <laughs> so someone's a masochist, we, I see. I don't know what transcendental means in this context. Does it mean like... Oh, that's what a, you need clarity on? Yeah. <laughs> like outside, outside writing poetry. Uh, it's at Walden Lake, yeah, at Walden, Walden Pond, Lake, whatever yes. it is, on Walden Pond, yeah, on Walden on Pond. Pond. But you have uh, to be engaged in the uh, in the Congress, as it were. <laughs> Going back to Dan Hell, Congress, 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 as they used to write, they did. Uh, Plum, is there yes. any carbonated non-alcoholic drink that can't be described? As pop, this is actually uh, okay. yeah. There is not. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, bubbly sport? water. Yeah, blub, bubbly water. We don't call it like club pop, like a seltzer. Yeah, a carbonated. However, carbonated. at a restaurant, like if I want to get like a, just like a soda water, I just say soda water. I don't say a seltzer because people wouldn't get that here unless. I was talking about like a hard seltzer, you know, that term seltzer is a very New England, I think, term. You're not going in any Detroit uh, eateries no. with, with sparkling water? No. Doesn't well, they do have the sparkling water, but that's going to be like a, you know, fancy deal. It's not seltzer out of the like gun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Jones but, but Jones, what? What? Tell You're us. Correct us, Michael. Chomping. Yeah. The yeah. Over there. Fucking salivating. Good Lord. Pop is onomatopoeia. <laughs> you oh. rubes. <laughs> Soda is a beverage. How basic are you that you have to describe something by the sound that a can makes when you open it? Anyway. Or the action that the bubbles do? Please. 
Coastal Elite for life. Moving on. All right. Noted. I don't like you. Dan Helper asks. <laughs> Pop is just, oh my God. People who are a little more even tempered, like Gen Xers, <laughs> sometimes imagine <laughs> positive scenarios. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, Gen Xers, uh, what are the most important things that would have happened have to happen for MSG to have a nice, pleasant go eight and four, nine and three, beat the Washtenaw County Paper Tigers, and go to the Holiday Bowl season? <sighs> the lines have to come together. Quarterback play has to meet or exceed last year's, preferably yeah. exceed, and. You've got to fill in a couple were, of holes in the secondary, the defensive secondary. And then I think it can be done. Fewer, like, I, yeah, if you were running it back, I, or if you're not running it back, which we're not, because Darius Snow is probably not the same person. But like last year, we also got ravaged by injuries, just, I mean, decimated by injuries. So like losing Henderson, losing snow, and then the entire defensive line at varying points was out or suspended. Yep. Uh, so I will but, say, and we will say this, this year's podcast, when it comes up beating the Washington County paper tigers, 100% in play. Big goal, big goal for us. Optimistic about it. Uh, Next up for you, Alex Plum from Dan Pepper from Dan Hellpepper. Why doesn't Jack Kevorkian get more credit for Michiganders? Well, because the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press are terrible rags who what smeared happened? that poor man, smeared him for a long time. You know, the meat that it was the Free Press or the News that coined the term Dr. Death. Dr. Death, yeah. For Jack for Jack Kevorkian. Jack Kevorkian is, uh, I mean, there were probably some methodological issues, and he was definitely ahead of his time. But for folks who don't know, though I would be surprised, I think most Michiganders would know, but I maybe think, not. Yeah, most he's been, people he's been dead for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been dead for over 10 years, I think. He, uh, he was a leader in the country around physician-assisted euthanasia, suicide, physician-assisted suicide for terminally ill and suffering patients. Um, and he had a lot of... Uh, controversial at time thoughts around uh, what, where, what someone needed to be suffering with, or um, when asked if someone needed to be terminally ill, he said, well, we're all terminally ill. And I thought, yeah, that's right. Was not an especially religious person, but he, um, he, you know, he advocated for patients to have control of their lives. And the, he was, you know, convicted of second degree murder, I think, and served I don't know, five, years. 10 years in prison. Yeah. yeah. For it. But you know, he never actually, he never did anything. He set up the machines and people pushed the buttons and donned the masks and did X, Y, and Z to end their own lives. Uh, many of them folks with, uh, most of them folks, uh, with, with pain and suffering and all kinds of stuff. So again, some methodological issues. Sometimes, you know, some of these procedures happened within 24 hours of him meeting a patient. Um, you know, you might you might think that there should be a cooling off period or other things. He also, as I recall, had some really out there ideas. Well, I mean, so medical ethics, there's a lot of rules around what you can and cannot do with prisoners. But he was advocating, I think, you know, for a long time, from like as early as money was in medical school, that prisoners who were on death row should have the ability to um, opt out of, uh, but to basically have physician assisted suicide so that the medical community could do experiments on their bodies as a way of fulfilling their execution, um, all under anesthesia. But, you know, that obviously never took off. And then um, to allow uh, inmates to 
have their organs harvested. I think initially he wasn't, they weren't consenting to that process, but you know, one could say, Hey, where's the AMA on this? Because I know the AMA has come down on the role of physicians in capital punishment. Um, so how do you split that difference? Well, I think they have this Hippocratic oath, right? Which says do no harm. Um, that's like the number one credo of the medical community. Um, I, so I don't actually know where the AMA, AMA stands on a physician assisted suicide, but I would say that I've talked to a lot of physicians who are totally for it mm-hmm. because they recognize they have many in their community who will not assist women around elective abortion procedures or medically necessary abortion procedures who are unwilling to act within civil disobedience in law in states where those laws have been passed. Um, and they're doing a whole hell of a lot of harm um, to those women. So. You know, I think that there's kind of a, a vague or, or I should say a broad, not vague, but broad, broad sense of someone's life. Like, I, I think I think the methodological concerns are, are we building in safeguards to ensure that this isn't a snap decision, that this is something that's been planned and thought out, that it's been well discussed, that there's a broad level of support for that they've lived with this idea. It's not just a reactionary kind of thing that someone could would would maybe have regretted in a different situation. Yeah, that's getting back to your 24-hour cooling off period. Or something, which I, just me spitballing, right? But yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Thomas Ambiasi. Since schedules apparently don't matter anymore, which home game should be senior day? We didn't talk about that component, I don't think. Uh, I think you got to do it at Ford Field. I think senior day is more important the last home game of the year wherever that home game is taking place and it is still technically a home game at ford field yeah 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 it just comes with an asterisk it's a bummer next up from thomas uh where would be the funniest place for an msu game to be relocated to the big house that's a good question and and (laughs) and advertised as as at the big house spartans at the big house yeah, like Against I mean, Michigan. <laughs> yes, our home game is played at their stadium. Play the play Michigan at at uh, at uh, Michigan Stadium. At Michigan Stadium. Yeah. Nice. I think uh, I think there wouldn't be quite as much debate in the community about whether this is a good or bad idea if that <laughs> were the one. Uh, and finally, from Thomas Zambiasi, uh, who do I talk about to get the Indy Five Hundred to sell ice cream cookie sandwiches? Context. Currently in need of one. Apparently at the Indiana 500. I love that you're tweeting us from the Indy 500, and you need to talk to our friend John Gavitt, the CEO of Melting Moments, after whom and who pays for the Gavitt Games to celebrate his achievements in ice cream sandwichry. Yep, that's where those dollars came from. I hope someone someday builds a wiki out of things that we've said. And there's a whole bio de- dedicated <laughs> about, to, about to, Tom to, Gavitt. Stu- to Stuart to Gavitt and to his Sandy Gavitt. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next up from leave it to Sparty coffee or tea, Coke or Pepsi beer or mixed drink, uh, coffee, Coke, beer. Yeah. Those, those are easy to make. Plum. Yeah, I think that's right. Maybe it's a mixed drink. Although today I've been drinking a diet caffeine-free Pepsi. Diet caffeine-free Pepsi, everybody. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Uh, Next up from Karen, we need Henry Hasselbeck. Discuss. 
this podcast is not talking very often about offers, but apparently we're talking about this one. So MSU offered this week Henry Hasselbeck, son of uh, noted quarterback Matt Hasselbeck. Um, Thought for sure you were going to say Eric Garvin. <laughs> Troy Garvin, son, Henry Hasselbeck. <laughs> I think I added an R in Gavit that time too. So you whoops. did. Uh, we, uh, I, Karen, I think we need a commitment. It would be nice if we got a quarterback commitment, but we need a commitment. I will take truly any commitment at this point in time. Give me a one-star trash recruit, please. Mm. Uh, but- yeah. If we look at my man Henry Hasselbeck's uh, other offers it doesn't really fit the athletic profile that uh, that Tuck is trying to build at uh, Michigan State Uh-oh. University. There Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. Oh, he's a, tw- he's a uh, big lacrosse player. Yeah. Uh, oh. Other big offers include Pitt and Boston College and Fordham and Liberty. Oh, but but you you will uh, you will note that a lot of the schools that have offered him also have uh, high end lacrosse teams, and so it's likely that he's considering being a dual sport athlete. And ah, we know how that worked out really well for us. That's good. We'll have no trouble with that. Maybe we got in early. We'll see who else offers. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, and it's the type of thing that you would bend over backwards for, for a guy with a Pittsburgh offer. So I get it. It makes hey, sense. They just put what's his face in the league. Okay. Kenny Pickett, Pickett, Pickett. Fake slide, uh, Pickett. Next, next up from John Hubbard. Uh, are you aware of any other teams going through the same struggles as MSU with NIL in the transfer portal, AKA the sports vagina? <laughs> yes i thought i was safe when i saw john hubbard but i found out is this gonna get okay uh are the ongoing issues we are seeing this offseason a matter of flawed system or a flawed coach i will note uh that we are not the only team having issues with with players leaving it is a little uncommon to have your starting quarterback leave uh, but other teams lose players that they want to keep as well. So I would say, uh, John, that plenty of other schools are having ongoing uh, issues this offseason with this flawed system. I will also point out, this is something I've been thinking about this week. Uh, if your team's doing really well in NIL right now, uh, as we're demonstrating, it cuts both ways. The uh, floor can drop out quite a bit faster than you would expect as well. So uh, next up from John Hubbard, uh, Plum, what is your go-to Memorial Day movie to showcase your patriotism? It's got to be Weekend at Bernie's 2. Weekend at Bernie's 2. The only option. The only only option. Truly. The only one classic film all dedicated to celebrating the commitment of the dead to be resurrected as a dancing old man. And thank him for his service to comedy and the arts. And the arts, yes. To I'm more moving of a our society guy. forward. Yeah. 
Uh, next up from the Keith Ski, uh, who lasts longer, Izzo or Tucker? Oh, Keith Ski. Spicy. Spicy, yeah. We've actually, I think we've had this before, but it's been a minute. I'm going to go Izzo. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is a wow. Wow. <clears throat> Uh, the good news is the longer Tucker is mediocre, the more likely it is he retires here. Okay. So. That's, is that good news? I don't, yeah, I'm like, I don't know how, how to that process that information. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Why do you start it with the good news? Is. We were locked in for so long on his contract. It's like, not, he's not really going that long. We got six like, more years, right? Six uh, more years. Yeah. I don't know. I, but starting at like three? You start looking at a buyout. Yeah. 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 You, you kind of have to. Uh, God. Yeah. Oof. If it's Izzo, we're in. We're fucked. <laughs> or oh, we're not. Oh, yeah. well, actually, we are still fucked because Izzo is definitely still chasing a title. That. Yeah. That's a good point. But, you know what? Honestly, it's probably Tucker. But. It just seems it's so difficult for me to think of Izzo not being here, whereas I've seen multiple football coaches over the years. Uh, this is to both of you. Better cook Jones or Plum? I don't know that I've had anything that that Plum has cooked. I'd be willing to absolutely say that it's Plum. No, I just don't know that no, it's no, cooked no. for me. No, no, no. The answer is Jones. On have and Jones has cooked for me, and it's abundantly clear. I'm a decent baker. That. But even where I do well grilling, even where I do well grilling, it doesn't hold a candle to Michael Jones. So this is Jones. Oh, you're very kind to say that. But all the same, cook for me sometime, baby. Oh, my. Is Jason the cook or are you the cook? Mm. Jason's the cook. Jason's the cook. Yep. And finally, from the Keith Ski, what's Bill Beekman up to? I honestly do not know. Is he in the same housing complex as Luana? He golden parachuted into like that strategic initiatives job at MSU. Yeah. I don't know if he kept it, um, but it it was basically just a role that they created for him because he was contractually obligated to take it, um, or it was contractually obligated to be there for him. I don't know if he's still in that role. Um, so, is there a personnel page? Uh, faculty and staff let's look him up bill beekman appears on a website called uh lead one association.com whatever in the world lead one association might be he has a page on their people hmm. So he may be at leadoneassociation.com. Lead One, who are we? We're founded in 1986. They're an athletic director association. He's no longer an athletic director, so he's not uh, associated with Lead One. I'm going to guess he's still in this cush job because he knew he shouldn't be an athletic director. Yeah. And this is a cush job that he seems like the type of guy that wouldn't look that gift horse in the mouth. <clears throat> no, Next up from Ali, no. uh, who's your... EA Sports NCAA football dynasty team of choice. Mine is the Ohio Bobcats. 2025 national champs, baby. After ripping through the Big Ten. 
I'm such a normie. I always just played as MSU. I never did anything else yeah. other than MSU. Yeah. I know it's trendy and cool to pick some other team, but I never did. And mine might be like the Idaho Vandals or like Northern or something like that. One of the teams with an internal or it's so it's funny for me to say this after ripping on Ford Field all episode, but um, one of the dome teams, uh, those are interesting sure. to me. Um, but uh, Boise would be fun, too, for the blue field. Yeah. Yeah, you get some, you know, distinctive visuals. Uh, next up from Ali, I'll send this to Jones. Grill time. What are you grilling this weekend? Gas, pellets, charcoal, the ashes of Mel Tucker's time at Michigan State. Well, this is the darkest and bleakest. It seems like our yeah. two weeks ago is finally percolated through our listeners. Um, so I didn't uh, grill this weekend. I thought about it today, mm-hmm. um, but... I would have done I would have done a brisket, but by the time I got to Costco and got some, it would have been it would have been too late. So, um, so we didn't grill. And so, yeah. But uh, to sort of answer the the mechanism, Ali, uh, I am on a Traeger, uh, so I'm doing the pellets. Mm. I did uh, burgers and in dags straight up on the old propane. See, that's and they better. Were mediocre. Yeah, we did burgers, uh, dogs, and brats on the propane today, too, there. I, for both of you, this is less for Greg, but Plum, I, uh, I, had a, I got a recipe for par-cooking brats and sausages. Oh, that yeah? That was fantastic. Uh, so I'll send it your way. Noted. Greg, let me know if you want it. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what par-cooking is, you, and I you, won't acknowledge you, it. You and boil them the first question. because you don't want yeah. the fat in the in the brat to rupture, causing the skin to split, and then you lose all that good flavor. So you boil them, and you get them up to a sufficient temp that they're probably safe to cook, but you get better color by finishing them on the grill, and that way the fat has rendered, and it's not... You seem uninterested. I'm just going to stop. I got it. And finally, right. do you think Mel Tucker has smoked a cigar yet this year, or did he switch to vapes? <laughs> It doesn't have the same effects on the, the picture of it. Is not as impressive on the vape. Pen. I think he's on. I think he's on nicotine gum at this point in time. He's like, <laughs> and he's just chewing through packs of it, man. Uh, all right, very good. Gotta get a recruit. Uh, that's it. That's this week's episode, gentlemen. Uh, we've got uh, we've <laughs> quite the questions. Uh, Tyrone, do reach out to Plum about Delta Airlines. Yes. and uh, everyone uh, buy that tequila. Um, guys, <laughs> next week I won't talk about this Ford Field thing at all. I promise. All right. Well, we're more like excited someone... to invest hours of our time in really rating your Twitter questions. So come correct next week, you fucking people. <laughs> And we're not going to tell you who's uh, who's who's grading first. So no. really, yeah, do your best. Mass appeal, aim for mass appeal, and unhingedness. All right, guys, go green, go white, go white. <laughs>